Welcome to my podcast. We're sitting in a room just behind the castle. The weather is somewhat inclement, so this is a, a safer place from which to share the stories of Sparky, Mark Ellis, Downton Abbey location manager, and I've brought back John Guntill, who's still with us as our castle manager, and they worked together closely for some six years of the Downton Abbey TV series, followed by the film. So welcome, Sparky and John. Thank you for returning to my podcast, John. Lovely to be back. Still here, <laughs> still, still doing what I can, and uh, wonderful to catch up with Sparky. I'm going to tell you something you might not know. <laughs> I doubt that very much. <laughs> this last Sunday was 10 years yeah. since the first episode of Downton was aired. So yeah. we have known each other... For ten years. No, ten and a half. Ten and a half. Because they filmed it six months before that, yeah. John. And the did you, How was your maths at school? Yeah. We have known each other <laughs> for ten and a half and years. I, I did know that because Laura Carmichael, Edith, she uh, messaged it, um, ten years of Downton. Congratulations. I was like, oh, no. How amazing. Of course, yeah. when you started here, you were assistant yeah. to Richard May and uh, Jason, Jason Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. And you, so you started here as a really young person and you've grown up with us <laughs> yeah and you've um, grown up with yeah, john with john oh my word yeah no but it's been great though it's been I mean, what a fantastic journey I, you know i think we'll speak for everyone when we started with downtown we didn't know what it was going to be and then over the years it just turned into this absolute monster and um uh, it was fantastic you know really was uh, fairy godmother i wouldn't put you with that john <laughs> <laughs> but no it, well, no it was great it was it was a really good journey and um Everyone here is well, still great. I mean, just, I just turned up then, and to see Les there was just fantastic. So I thought it was like a sort of school reunion each February, yeah. as everybody turned up again, slightly cold. You'd open all the windows, all the doors. <laughs> yeah, there would you'd, you'd removed the heaters from the rooms because yep. they weren't period. Yep. made the whole place absolutely freezing, and then complained about the cold. Yeah, and I had to bring in extra heaters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you worked on any other program for ten years at the same location, with to a greater or lesser extent the same team of people? That one or two people changed on the production in the yeah. time, but but you and I were together for ten years. The majority of the crew were together for ten. The cast, obviously, the public yeah. know and yeah. see the cast, but we were very much behind the scenes. Have you, have you done that anywhere else? No. Has, has that type of intensity of filming, given it was it started off at 40 days a year and then went to circus 70 days yep. a year, has that type of intensity of filming at a real location, and by that I obviously mean not a studio, yeah, yeah. happened ever before? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, certainly not in my career. You know, it's a, it's a, it seems to be like a one-off. I mean, 70 days in one place. I spent more time with you than I did my wife. Yeah, my, wife says the same, my wife says the same thing as well, but I've never called her John. <laughs> I would hope not. Do you got married during... during yeah, the, got, the... Uh, yeah, I got married. And, and you've had, got two children. I got two children and, and sadly lost my father as well. But yeah, it was an amazing, you know, 10 years of my life or seven years of my life was just... It is something I think about quite a lot. I mean, 10 years is a long, is a long time. I mean, as I said before, we never knew what was going to happen, whether it was going to be one series or, you know, if it was then two series, then all of a sudden three series, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better, and the following got increased worldwide, and all of a sudden this 
I said the word before, it's like a global monster uh, just uh, occurred and it was it was it was a fantastic journey. I mean, it was hard. I mean, it was it was there were times it was tricky. There were some long hours, weren't there? And some yeah. long days. And I think in the middle of each series, I think as the number of series went on, you then started to take a proper break in the middle because it was yeah. eleven, fourteen a day weeks and or by weeks, whatever you call well, it. I think and also it was also as the show got bigger. I mean, when it first started, it was mainly sort of Ealing Studios, the village of Bampton, uh, where, where we did Downton and Highclere. Then the show, you know, we started travelling. We started going all over the place. Well, it demanded more. Yeah, exactly. As, yeah, as yeah. Um, the shooting had used an awful lot of the areas available in those locations, mm. I saw the the scripts become more elaborate, which enabled it was feeding the public, and the public wanted yeah. more and bigger and better. But there was always a routing of the show being based at Highclere. Yeah. I, I trust. I, 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 completely, I, no, I agree with that. Completely agree with that. Yeah. About television, but there was never a, a desire to break the initial recipe because that is what had made it yeah, successful. No, completely, you know. It, it is, you know, you, the high clay, you see the building, it's it's that, well... And people sigh and think, ah, oh, it's just yeah, so lovely to and see it. And it was, it. and it was really interesting, because when I, the first time I came here, it was a really cold, wintry, grey morning, and the house would just look dark and cold and, you know, and didn't look inviting, but then I came in the, in the summer, you know, in the spring when we started shooting, and the sun was hit, it hit the, the side of it, and it was just this lovely, golden, beautiful house. So castle, I thought, yeah, what, you know, what, an, what an amazing place. And the fact is, every time I come here now, I lose count how many times I've been up that driveway. You know, you normally shout at Too me. Too many. You should lose, you tell me off to go around the back. But, um, <laughs> but you know, but, and every time I come here, it's just like coming home. It, it really it's is. It's, it's, it's lovely. It's but it's place. all the people, isn't it? Because, you know, every day started with the catering trucks and breakfast. And yep. John and Diana Moyes, the housekeeper, yeah. would find their way up for the bacon sarnie, whatever else they were yeah. having. And be very courteous and polite in order to have that breakfast with you. <laughs> followed by myself on a bike ride with the dogs yep. who failed to move on yep. towards the bike ride would stop out the catering trucks and, <laughs> and then Gwyneth would later on appear who was married to Don the gardener yeah, in, yeah. in her little mobile you know yep. little machine with her little dog to have a chat to everybody there was a lovely rhythm to the day actually uh, it, it was fun it, it, and it wasn't well, it was work obviously it was work but over the years it just became fun the characters Eddie the gamekeeper Keith in his red truck Pat the painter every, you know it was just you got to know everyone, and everyone helped each other out. It was it was it was it was great. And that came about as a result of of the longevity of the show yeah, being based here, and it wasn't a a passing seasonal visit. And that's how you came to know the characters and the people involved, and how Highclere came to know uh, the Downton family, yeah. uh, and then it all merges together. But what people may not understand that that have listened to Lady Carnarvon's series of podcasts it is actually what your role entails. I trust you can still go and do your shopping and not be pestered, <laughs> Where, whereas a lot of you may think so. <laughs> that's for other reasons. But a, a lot of people involved in the, in the show on the other side of the camera, their lives have changed significantly. But the filming day and what, what people see on the camera takes a lot of work from yeah. your department to actually make that happen. 
and it is an extended day, as Lady Carnarvon's alluded to. There's certainly a good hour before the cameras start rolling yeah, and yeah. a good hour afterwards. But what are you doing as a location manager? On, certainly on Downton, you know, I'm sort of the go-between between production and the house. Throughout the series, we'd obviously try and do things bigger, do things better, you know, bring in big camera cranes, vehicles with cameras on. And, you know, and trying to shoot in a grade one listed building, sometimes you've got to be careful. It, it takes a lot yes. of planning. You've got fantastic pieces of art. You've got statues, you know, littered around the, around the house. And, um, littered? Well, not littered. <laughs> wrong, you know what I mean. You know, scattered around the house. Sometimes, you know, with camera cranes, you know, these things are heavy. We, you know, we have like camera dollies, big lights. The lights get hot. And if we're trying to shoot in, in the saloon, for example, or on the staircase, where we've had several issues over the years, haven't we? Trying to shoot on there. Uh, yes, because as you say, the staircase, I would say that there is lovingly and thoughtfully placed a statue, <laughs> but it clearly is littered there. Littered um, You know what I mean. You know, yeah. And yes, all these considerations had to be taken on board. Once we got through those multiple meetings, our days were framed by the filming Bible that used to come out, that we used to have to sit down and go through. But I think our interaction was always going to be that of of potential friction points, because you as production were trying to do something that inherently the building couldn't accommodate. And we then had to find a way to make that work. And uh, in Inevitably, my most used answer to you was no. <laughs> I'd even get to the stage now where they'd ask me a question and I would say, I'm not even going to put it to the house. <laughs> I know the answer's no. But I think over the years, and I think, and I always think about this because I'm working on another show at the moment where they were asking me about breakages and did we ever break anything at High Clear when we were shooting there? You did on the first day. On the very yeah, first day in the yeah. library and the blue <laughs> chest. Green. Fell it was bluey green. Turquoise, similar colour to your... Up, how about that? Lady Carnarvon turned blue when she walked and found the I mean, accidents happened. It was on the very first day before we even The funny thing was that my husband had walked round with... Geordie walked round the night before and said to me, darling, should we leave this here, do you think? It's rather a beautiful little casket on the the nose table, the one which John was hiding behind in the Kanye West (laughs) scene from the early (laughs) podcast. And um, I said, I'm sure it'll be fine, darling, it's part of the house. And then by nine o'clock the next day, you dropped a camera. I think that was it. And I think, you know, and I thought, oh, no, we're doomed. But I think you, when you look back over the years, and bearing in mind, you know, we went to 70 days and there's a crew of what, 80 people, 75, 80 people in yeah, the house? On, on an sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes a lot, lot. If we had press or, you know, um, yeah. another unit. You know, it's a lot but, more But, you know, people. I think accidents happen. The only thing, there's one thing which which will always remain with me is vaguely irritating. Do you think, do you think, well... Was it the mahogany table? Ironing the table. Ironing the table. Ironing the table. And then when the costume department said, it wasn't us, I was like, there's iron marks on the table. <laughs> and you and were we, in the front. And we chopped it up to get it to the right height. <laughs> yeah. Did you... Sorry did about you, that. <laughs> did you find, now bringing into play all your experiences, because you, you, you have carved a niche, which I'd like to think I've had a hand in... <laughs> Um, in in period yeah. dramas, because of the experiences you have have gleaned over the years, think carefully about your answer. Is Highclere an accommodating and welcoming venue to film at? <laughs> Are we more inclined? To assist, no. <laughs> assist, <laughs> assist film crews, as against no names, other venues that you, you encounter? It's a difficult question because I'm, at the moment I'm doing another show, The Pursuit of Love, and we're dealing with a lot of sort of National Trust and English Heritage Houses, and they're very different. At least with, at least with High Clear, I'm dealing with one or two people, whereas I'm, with the others I'm dealing with 
lots of people. A different management structure. A different, yeah, a completely different management structure. And I think we tried structure. to keep it yeah. clear here, Sparky. It's much easier for yeah. us, yeah. for you to deal to ask, for you to ask the questions. Much simpler, and then yeah. for me to ask you to ask John, and then yeah, I'm exactly. there. Exactly. I think there, you, it's you, a clear you always knew where you stood. You know, here. You know, I'd say to you, "Is this going to be possible?" Knowing. I'm trying to think of an example where it was really, really testing. I think in the, in the saloon, sometimes you wanted to bring very heavy, heavy yeah, camera kit cranes into the yeah. saloon, and, and it because just... it's a floor which is over some old medieval wells. Yeah, you know there are there are weight limits there which don't always make it possible. And it's trying to think how you know we always want to help you get the best shot. Yeah, but to have the house still standing, and if you created a hole in the saloon, not yeah. good. <laughs> I, no, exactly. I remember a, a particular question which you must have asked me half a dozen times if once about one of the under floor windows in the recessed cellars at the front of the house oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and somebody needed to be seen at the window can we use this particular window yeah, yeah. to which I said no you can't I'm totally sorry and that answer went back to the powers that be and the question came back the next day dressed slightly differently but ostensibly the same yeah, yeah. could we use that window no you can't I'm terribly sorry anyway this played out for a few days and then I said right okay Having been asked for, for, for the umpteenth time, come with me. What, where are you taking me? I'm just taking you to show you something. I went off to my office, got a set of keys, unalarmed the sellers, took you into the sellers and said, there. And you said, what am I looking at? I said, you're looking at the back of the window that you think you can see from the front. It doesn't exist. Well, why didn't you tell me that? And, yeah, and for well, days, I told you. <laughs> so I didn't always give you the backstory. Yeah. But that is how filming is. It is yeah. incredibly insistent on trying to achieve. Because it yeah. is an art yeah, form. completely agreed, yeah. You're bringing art into the reality of the real world. And, and that juxtaposition can grind yeah. and, and, and there can be friction from time to time. Oh, there's bound to be friction because we're under a load of pressure to get you know the best results we can which we under which obviously john and i understood yeah. sparky and we i don't know i have every sympathy for the long hours you work and what you're trying to achieve and pull yeah. off and and from the long hours and the intense work the beauty and glamour that you produce and i find that transposition from what we see to what's the end result actually magical still yeah it really really is but there is we obviously understood that and we're trying often i think as we've gone on I think John and I have sometimes got quicker at trying to offer practical alternatives when we can't actually achieve something or to understand increasingly where you're coming from in order to share with you what can and cannot be achieved. Yeah, yeah I, think I'd, I think I'd agree with that. We've learned so much. I mean, I, I've learned a huge amount. Have you learned anything, John, over the last few years? Yes, I have. I mean, it, it's been uh, like the most set up extraordinary... Here. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> There's a punchline. Hang on. No, it coming. has been the most extraordinary journey, which we all started out not knowing what genie was going to come from this bottle. And, yeah. and, and, and we all feel that we have a vested interest in what has become an amazingly successful programme, yeah. which then developed into a film. And it's been a 10-year period of all our lives, yeah. just over now. And that has been quite an uplifting experience. And of course, we know more 10 years in than we did at the, at the outset. Yeah. And, and we know by trial and experience what 
the house can now do. And I've had phone calls from other houses that have been asked about filming saying, could you give me a little bit of advice on this? Because we understood you had, you know, certain challenges from the Downton filming point of view. But no one had done this before. You cannot go to a textbook to get the answer as to whether you can put a crane weighing X on a staircase built in the 1800s for a period of time. And did we set the fire alarm off? Yeah, we did. Did we... That wasn't a good moment. It wasn't a good moment. <laughs> no, well, what wasn't great is we evacuated the building and then realised what had caused it. So we let all the actors and actresses back in, whereupon the fire brigade turned up. I got the most fearful telling off from the chief <laughs> fire officer who immediately evacuated the building again. Um, and then you got some dirty looks from the actors yeah. and actresses. And then, and then, yes, I got, I got a proper withering look from the said lady <laughs> as she was taken off for lunch. But we learnt on a journey together. And what we haven't lost in, in that 10-year process is those experiences we've gleaned together because there hasn't been a change yet, he says, looking at Lady Carnarvon, yeah. in the personnel that have had to deal with it. So we yeah. haven't lost the back catalogue of of what we know works and what we know doesn't yeah, Which work. I think is, is important. I think, you know, to have that trust straight away, to have that relationship. I, I wouldn't. It was not, <laughs> not, not entirely trust, <laughs> You will least, always push the boundaries. Yeah, no, <laughs> Excuse me. In the interest of art, I Yeah, do. no, but I think it does help, you know, because you've... You have, you have got this... Uh, you know, I know just how far I can push John. I think John knows how far he can push me. And I think we always try and come up with a, a solution, the best solution. Uh, sometimes, I must admit, I think sometimes the ideas we come up with are ridiculous. And I think sometimes maybe we should be doing them in the studio. But we, we can't do that sometimes. So we have to sort of push the boundaries. And then it's down to John and yourself, Lady C, to say, guys, no, I'm not comfortable with that, which you didn't do very often, if I'm honest. Uh, you no, know, we, we you wanted know. to try to make yeah. it work. I mean, we have some very funny moments. It's normally when you come with a new director and John and I say, what about Heaven's Gate, Sparky? It's oh. the most beautiful, <laughs> yeah. amazing place to film, <laughs> which we know means that you're going to take yeah. half an hour to drive up there on location and have a look up and half an hour. We, so we've got rid of you out of the house for but two hours. But we did hours. get up there, didn't we? We did, you did. Uh, finally got up there. Yeah. We sent you up there. Yeah. I think we wrecked that in all seasons. <laughs> yeah. Every or all weathers. For yeah, you. we did every year for the entire television series <laughs> until there was a picnic scene. Up but there. what I love about that place, we as you said, we've been up there, it seemed like hundreds of times over the years. Every time you went there, the amount of counties that you could see changed. <laughs> you would say you can see seven counties up here. I was like, what? <laughs> I had, I had to make each trip slightly unique in, in its interest appeal. But me. then I would tell people that you could see seven counties, knowing full well oh. that you couldn't. But my most enjoyable memory was you coming to a recce for the film. With yep. the director of the film, who'd flown in from America, Michael, and you were looking at a particular scene under a cedar tree with a bench... And um, there was clearly an issue with the location of the bench. Yeah. And you were uh, summoned over to the inner sanctum of the grown-ups, clearly asked, can the bench be moved? You then came over to me and said, can the bench be moved? And I said, genuinely, I'm terribly sorry, Sparky, we've had some issues with the public moving it because it was a bench that played quite an important scene in the television series. So I said, we've had it bolted down. It can't be moved. You then went back to the grown-ups and said, I'm terribly sorry, it's been bolted down. Okay. I was then asked by another member 
of of the recce, could the bench be moved after you'd played your hand <laughs> yeah. to the director? Yeah. And I said, certainly, walked over, lifted it up, yeah. moved it. And from there, that set the yeah. tone for our relationship for the film. Yeah, brilliant day. Everyone laughed. Oh, how they laughed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you also filled my lunch one day, yeah. one Saturday, <laughs> when it was curry. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And you yeah. asked... And I very rarely was invited for lunch. No, Breakfast that's not, that's regularly. Not, that's not true. Lunch rarely. That's not true. I'd often invite you for lunch, and you'd always decline. I'm very cheesy as to who I <laughs> dine with. And it was it was curry. And I took mine off to my office and started eating my lunch and thought, good heavens, there's more than the odd chilli in here. I found 17 whole chilies in my lunch. And when I returned yeah. to thank the caterers, who were charming people and did, Lovely. I remember did clearly, several yeah. years, Rosa was yeah. absolutely crying and rather aghast that I was still standing because he'd put every chilli yeah. in the curry in my plateful of lunch at your request. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Well, you just said you liked it hot, so <laughs> I thought I'll get him. <laughs> Late at night when I came to my car and it was completely wrapped in cling film with parking bollards on top of it. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was, the, that was the team. That was the team behind it. The night we both sat in the saloon after filming oh, when a piano oh. had to be brought in. Oh, and yeah. because of the filming schedule, the piano couldn't be brought in at any other time and it was needed for the first scene up yeah. the next day. Everyone had left. Yeah. The whole estate... Except yourself, myself, and a piano tuner. Yeah. 45 minutes playing the same notes on the piano. <laughs> I remember I this. then went yeah. off and got us a couple of beers yeah. and sat on the stairs. Yeah. Oh, and was... as we approached an hour of listening to this person tuning the piano, we both, without any consultation with each other, stood up and said, right... That's tuned. That does <laughs> it. We're going. We're done. Yeah. Kick them out. I remember that clearly. It was lovely, actually. We just sat on the stairs, didn't we? We sat yeah. and um, just listened. And I was like, this is going on forever. Yeah. And that was it. No, we just literally. I'm fin- tone deaf. And we you finished came our from beer. The yeah, we finished our beer and said, right, that's it. Time to go. It's tuned. Bang. And, then, and that was it. But it was. Um, I do remember that clearly, actually. Was that just before Kiri Takanoa came to sing, probably? Yes, it was. In the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's where you've also seen the old ghost, isn't it, sitting on the stairs? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, well, I, I've, I've experienced a certain number of interesting paranormal occurrences. I've seen the dogs definitely see something, and you were there then, Lady Carnarvon, which was extraordinary. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a believer, and I think to fully take... Uh, this on board people need to be receptive to these ideas but I've definitely locked up the castle in an evening when I know no one's in it and I have not entirely felt alone and I <laughs> wouldn't be me hiding behind no, well no there, there is that that I have yeah, yeah. I have to take account of every now I and again I sometimes hide behind a ah. cupboard obviously yeah. jump out and say boo which is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> I spun for the defibrillator yeah, yeah. to keep myself going. But I definitely turned, whistled and kept walking yeah, yeah. away without... It's not always best to look behind you. Uh, and in those situations, I think it's One of my favourite photographs is the one I took of you both for a blog I wrote for April Fools, where I each asked you to hold a hammer or a... Oh, yeah. Whatever yeah. it was. 
Um, because we were, I had my the theory of my, my blog on April Fool was that Julian Fellows was kindly writing the um, precursor to Downton Abbey in order to give enough the series enough time to run. He was going to start in Neolithic times, so we were going to build Neolithic <laughs> houses, and you were practicing yeah. in case you were called on for spare to be a spare part. I was going to say, but whatever, an extra, an I think extra. is what yeah. you mean. Is what I really mean, and that um, Sally was lining up the gift shop for um, fur bikinis to sell and <laughs> chef was going to learn to make cabbage soup so we could be completely um, um with with the whole film idea but that was such a funny photograph and i no. was writing the two of you into my little blog crying with laughter but so much of the time actually we've all been working together the three of us that yeah. i just mainly have thought of all the laughter oh, and the been, yeah. smiles that we've had it has been a, a wonderful few years yeah it has uh, that, and that's one thing i you know will take from here just the laughter i mean it, well, i mean something was quite you know it was serious we we're putting together this huge tv show but yet we could still have a lot of fun but and we I, did have a lot of fun we did have i a lot think of fun. um that can only come genuine belly laughter I think can only come from a situation where people are confident with the people they're working yeah, with. Agreed. Yeah. Their professionalism, their ability to guide you accordingly. Yeah. And uh, obviously it wasn't known with the first series, but it became a successful background to it. So we all wanted the success to grow. In, in the first case, the first yeah. series, we wanted it to be successful. We then wanted that success to grow. And I think and hope, from your point of view, there was a, an understanding that if we had a cause to say no, that yeah, yeah. was for a genuine reason. That wasn't just to be difficult with it, with a process. And likewise, I knew that as our uh, working relationship went on, you would only ask questions which you really had to ask from an artistic yeah. point of view. And I think we did achieve, I hope we achieved, we being the, the, the global you know, production yeah. and, and high clear the venue, some amazing cinematography, which whether it be yeah. bringing in incredibly heavy cranes at night to light yeah, the place I, up or... And I was trying to think of the, um, the time, I think... Maybe season three, season four started with the with the fire. Yes. Yes. And yeah. I was thinking, you know, reading the script, yes. there was a fire on the on the on the gallery. Yeah. 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 And we pushed it as far as we could with the house, with a bit of haze, given that. But it was clear from the outset that we were never going to be able to achieve that here. So then to you know to build that in the studio, people still you know didn't realise. I mean, you know, it looked fantastic. You know, just that end bit of corridor. But there was no way we could achieve that here. I mean, that was always the thing I said. So I think someone asked me the question. I was doing a chat. What are the two things you dread at? You know, opening up a script at High Clear and it's a fire or a flood, or you know, or, you know, then that was it. And to be honest, when you open up the script and it says there's a fire in the gallery, oh no. But I think we got around it. It worked fantastically well. well. You ended up bringing back a fire engine a bit later, didn't you? Because you wanted yeah. that from the outside. And we blackened the windows. We blackened the bedroom. We blackened the windows yeah, as well. We did do that. It looked good, yeah. Um, which you can do and, and, yeah. and, and did do. But but the, the, the artistry which goes into filming is extraordinary. And it's something I, my previous life, I had had an exposure to television, but it was that of, of, of the coverage of live sport, yeah. which is very different to the creation of a, of a drama. Not least a 13-hour day getting yeah. minutes think, of television. Because yeah. I think that's the thing. People think it's um, the industry is really glamorous, and, it, and it, you know, and when you're sometimes when you're on set, I mean, you think when we're doing the film here, for example, 
And we were here, what, for three, four o'clock in the morning to get the, the sunrise with the drone in the back lawn. another story. It was just a disaster from the outset. It was just such a shame. It was a beautiful sunrise. It was a beautiful sunrise. It was a shame sunrise. it never played. got into the film. The sun played its part. We just didn't, we just didn't do our I thought, bit. I thought I'd played my part getting up at four yeah, o'clock, to be honest. Yeah, you did. And things do go wrong. Of course they yeah, you know, absolutely. But as I said, you know, sometimes 14, 15 hour days and, you know, whatever the weather and you just go until you get it and you keep going, you keep going and so on. The cameras break or the lights break, that kind of thing. You've just got to keep going. And, you know, and it is stressful. So I was thinking if someone's listening, I think there's many people who are leaving university or wondering what to do yeah. or whether they go to university. I mean, the film business is very much very successful in this country and there's ever more studios and the role of a location manager, I'd have, I would actually have really enjoyed in some yeah. ways in a previous life yeah, myself, yeah. I think. Did you fall into it? Was that an I idea? I, did, or I think I did fall into it, you? really. Originally, if you look back far enough, I was a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was an actor, as John's telling me, a failed actor. But, <laughs> um, but, I did, but I did my bit. I just wanted a, a better standard of life, really. You know, I was sick to death of going for auditions, not getting them or getting them, and then having to do another job to supplement my income. And luckily, my brother was in the industry, and he said, look, you know you know the industry, so why don't you come at it from a different angle? So I went to work with him on a, a very bad film. I can, I can say that now, but it, it was a really bad film. And that was it. And I, once I got in there, I realised, actually, you know what? I really enjoy this. It's hard work, really hard work when I started you know I was earning peanuts you just quickly and because I was a little bit older when you realized hang on a minute if I really want to make a go of this you've got to put the work in now meet the right people talk to the right people and that's what I did I look back now and think wow you know I think definitely made the right decision and certainly doing period dramas which, which I love you know, I'm in the middle of one now, and um, and I think people do phone me up because you know they know what it's like. I'm you know working in these amazing places. How, how do you protect these things from a film crew? How do you know what sort of you know, budgeting yes. that kind of side to it too? And it's the logistic side of it as well. And they, you know, and it's great. You feel very lucky, you know, to be picked up. You know, the phone phone rings and they're putting together a team to make another TV show, another period show. And you're one of the first people they phone, and it's really lovely. And I've recently done um, something set in the 70s and 80s, very different to this. That was the thing Des that was on recently with David yes. Tennant. That wasn't present day, but it was, you know, still period. Not quite Downton, very different to Downton. You know, some of the locations were tricky, you know, Holloway Prison, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Doing period dramas is something I love doing, and it's something hopefully I can do for Carry a few more years yet. So, Sparky, yeah. what do you think, what are the skill sets you need to be a successful location manager? Well, I think you... Well, first thing you need to be obviously you need to be able to visualize the script so you know you're reading the script you need to picture you know what the writer has got what the director's the vision they've got and then you need to be able to sort of show that to the production designer who I spent a lot of time with on this it's been Donald Woods um, since the day one and then you know you need to be able to make sure that <laughs> that amazing location is shootable a bit like we mentioned Heaven's Gate earlier you know the amount of times you did go to recce Heaven's Gate to look at it for an amazing, you know, for an amazing shot. The reason why we didn't do it that much is because it's really tough to get up there. So, and that's just as a, you know, an individual in a car. So to try and get a camera up there, to try and get, you know, the sound up there, to try and get lighting up there, it's an issue because you can have the most amazing location in the world, but if you can't service it, then it's pointless unless you take it up with a helicopter, but you know, which you're not going to do. So it's having that ability to be able to offer up beautiful locations that are in the scripts, but also making them achievable. Because as I said, it's pointless. You know, you can offer up an amazing beach in the middle of nowhere, but if you can't get anything to it, you know, you can't shoot it. I think it's also about organisation, isn't it? Oh, massively, you have to be terribly yeah. And you have to presumably you have quite an extensive photo library. Massive, yeah. Now do. huge, and it's also pair, you know, groupings. You know, you want to be able to group locations together. 
bit different with with Highclere, but on some other jobs, you know, you're not going to go to let's for an example. I'm trying to think if you've only got a little scene that takes place in a in a roadside cafe, but yet your main sequence takes place in a lake, you know, in a reservoir, you've got to make sure that they're, they're close to each other because you, the amount of time you lose traveling, loading up the trucks, you lose two or three hours and you just can't afford to do that on a filming day because the schedules are really, really tight. You do push the location to the max because you have to, you know, because you've got to try and get your ambition across from the production, but then you've got to stick to, you know, the, the restrictions the location gives you. We all know, and certainly over the 10 years or seven years, whatever it was, we all knew that we would push as far as we could. It is always the location that provides that natural break. And I would say yeah. to when people have rung me up and, and asked, I would say, you, you, don't be afraid of saying no if you genuinely think. Because we all know of production yeah. stories, Sparky, to be fair, where they've pushed it and it's gone and wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, yeah, we did. And, and, yeah. and, and that's where... Uh, the trust in each other comes in that if I say no, yeah. the location says no, not me, yeah. then that is for a genuine reason. Yeah. If you don't say no and then have sleepless nights about it, production will want to try and achieve yeah. it. And they don't necessarily know the constraints that you are yeah, concerned yeah. about. But I think that's the location manager's knowledge and development relationship with you, Absolutely. John. Absolutely. When you start pushing it here and then we start saying, should we get the architects? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> then, you know. then it's beginning to say yeah. that we, we're feeling outside our comfort zone in terms of it's usually to do with weight. It's, it's, it's usually, yeah, exactly. And it's just, it is, I mean... Now, you know, pretty much now on every job I go on now, I have a guy I phone up does all my structural surveys for me because yeah. it takes that pressure off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I'm not a, when it comes to yeah. that. That's not my spec. I, I just can't do that. But I, but I think here, I think we managed it very well over the years. And I don't think, you know, we pushed it as far as we could. Well, there were so many different places from the sawmill where we've filmed different yeah. scenes and horse and carts to the some of the roads that you used or or the scene where Matthew sadly died down yeah, Lime the, Avenue yeah. and yep. and managed to keep, I hope, all the secrets. So, yeah, so nobody let the cat out the bag, which right. was completely key. And, and it's been a joy. I think the single best decision made by the location was in series one when we were asked about Atmos, which yep. was uh, misting yep. rooms. Yep. And we were asked, as one always is with filming, in isolation. Yep. We took a bit of advice. We spoke to some other properties. Yep. And in the end, we said no. Given we are 10 years down the line, yeah, yeah. and yep. once you had set the bar with Atmos, you would have been doing it Every year. for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a very, very yeah. well-placed decision to say no. It didn't affect the outcome of the, of, of the show, but I do think it would have had serious detrimental yeah, effects especially to, in the, the saloon in to, the, the, yeah. to the chattels. And that is why you're here filming at, at, at Highclere for Downton, because it fitted, the hand fitted the glove. Yeah. And, and I think 10 years in of Atmos could have been a, yeah. a, 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 a I remember a the snow and the... Oh, oh, snow in the library. Oh, that was yeah, quite interesting yeah. in the proposal scene yeah. of Matthew and Mary outside of the library by the end. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that music was resounding in your in your ear as a brainworm. Yeah. But then when we got the housekeepers to get the hoovers out, what, what one never realises, hoovers create a tiny amount of downdraft that just pushed the snow away. As it has. We didn't have many sort of, you know, catastrophes, did we? 
touching wood on that note, Sparky, it's been lovely to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, just while I've got this opportunity, I'd, I'd like to ask Lady Carnarvon. I, th- I think I know the answer to this question. But over the years, have you enjoyed having the, the filming process? Have you enjoyed it more and more each year? Or is it, is it, does it get, I don't know, tiresome? Not, not tiresome is the wrong word, but because I know it, it is a massive intrusion. There's 80, 120 people turning up every day to shoot inside your home. And I just wonder if, is there ever a time when you just think, oh, no, I, just, I, don't, I don't need this. I don't want this. Well, no, it is an interesting question. In the very first year, there was no pressure, Sparky, because we always wonder whether anybody would watch the first series. So in that way, it was very relaxed. The second year was a little bit more intense, as was the third. And I think... My learning curve and, and that of John's through those two or three years meant that as we then went into the next few years, I felt that we had come to another level, a better level of understanding. And what was glorious was the same crew coming back in particular. It made it so much easier. You, everybody knew how it worked, where everything was, where to park the catering trucks. That familiarity meant that more hours could be given to the filming And equally well that, you know, when some people ask questions like, can we light a candelabra underneath the Van Dyke in the dining room? (laughs) And we said no. And then after 13 times of the same question, it was still no. Um, But we sort of moved on from the from the barrage of questions into a very straightforward way of working, I think, and experience. And I think experience and age and growing up together has been amazing. And I just think it's good fun. And you came and stayed. You came and yeah, stayed with me at Haiku. Yeah, I loved it. Magic. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to share it. And, uh, you know, yeah. Michael Engler's come and some of the producers because it is a magical house. And for my, to my mind, when you stay the night at Haiku and you open the shutters the next morning and look out at this beautiful parkland, I, I never tire of it. And yeah. it's trying to share that magic with yourself because then I think you better, ever better share it and understand it and share it with the audience who have come to love High Clear as much as I do, although they think it's Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful thing about that, that evening at High Clear, and I'm only saying this because John is here, when I arrived, I gave John my luggage to take to the room. <laughs> I didn't tip him either. <laughs> no, but... Just finalising the circle, I then went and made sure that when you left the next day, I carried your luggage. That wasn't out of generosity. It was to make sure you weren't pinching anything. And to make sure you left. John, have you got any other hilarious stories? I doubt it. (laughs) No, I don't. I just hope we did our bit in making it possible at Highclere because it was uh, ten and a half years ago when, when that... A meeting took place, which I don't think you were at actually, Sparky, uh, because the grown-ups came to yeah. that one when yeah, they were yeah. looking for yeah, for, yeah. A, for a for a venue for this concept they had. And who would have known that ten and a half years later yeah. that the concept is still alive? 
Um, I think it's given people such pleasure in lockdown, a sort of anchor and a point of reassurance and something to look for. It's, it's given them... It's, it, I, mean, I so enjoyed it when it was on an ITV. Yeah, I, yeah. I forgot how much I enjoyed the ritual of a Sunday evening yeah. sitting down with Danton Abbey on and that was season six. And it was such a shame when it ended. I thought, why did it end? <laughs> you know. But it was quite a large, moving cast of characters to bring together and I I know um, people I'm sure are hoping there might be a another film of course can you throw any light on that Sparky I think he's trying to say no comment I yeah no comment I, could, I couldn't possibly um, I, I'd, I'd love who knows watch this space. watch this space I'd love there to be and it'd be great to come back will you still be the location manager if there is John. would you come back and work at Highcliffe <laughs> Might come back and work in the tea room. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't give you a job. <laughs> John, you'd look forward to Sparky coming back. And his brake lights leaving. At the yeah. end of the day. John, yeah. something upbeat. <laughs> actually, we, we saw, we, we used to see less of you, actually, uh, uh, yeah. on a serious note. As the storylines got grander. As his um, career took off. <laughs> As the storylines got <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and you were 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 elsewhere. I mean, Goodwood and and, well, and the beach. You, well, that's what it's all about. It's, it's setting it up. You know, yeah. you, you set it up, and then you have to do the same amount of prep for the next location. So then you bring in your team, whether it was Tom or whoever it was, towards the end, would come in and sort of run the day shoot, and you'd be on to the next location. I have one huge regret, Sparky, which is that when you went down to West Wittering, yep. John and I were slow off the mark. We should have gone down and rented a little boat, come in <laughs> off the sea, came cooing and completely... Yeah, we did have some fun with some boats oh, there, actually. we should have yeah. done that. That was, a, that was a lovely day. That was, was a nice scene, actually, a really nice scene. It was lovely. It was when, if viewers can't quite remember, it was when Jim Carter and Mrs Hughes, yeah. Carson and Hughes, were paddling, paddling. rolling their, rolling yeah, their trouser lovely. legs. We were very lucky with the weather that day as well beautiful so that's my big regret just to let you know <laughs> were you well, ever in it did you john did you were you ever in it no no you never invited me no i i think uh trying trying to help on on the wrong side of the camera is yeah. the best thing for me yeah. yeah yeah you're right yeah you're definitely right well i'm just going to say thank you very very much obviously both of you could swap stories for mm. hours and it is a joy having you both here sparky i hope you might soon be back if we get yeah, so, so fortunate in such a fortunate position and john you're still here which is obviously most fortunate too <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we take thank it. you the, so much. The, the, great fun, Sparky. Lovely no, to catch you. up with you yeah, again. Lovely. Thank you. And very much. all the very best thank for your you. current project. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for coming in, Sparky. I know how busy you are. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I don't want you to miss out on the next one, so please do try and press the subscribe button.